So I've got 13 pages of notes here. I, I really do, but they're like double-spaced, and I, font is 20, right? And the reason is, I just had to get glasses recently. I'm like, Lord, seriously? You hit 40. Somebody told me when you hit 40. I, if I hit 42, so it's like, okay, all right, right. So what's your name? The, 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 uh, yeah, you. Nelson. So, Nelson, I saw a picture of you last night. And I saw this, this grip around your heart. And it was like a tight, 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 tight grip. And so I started praying for you last night. And I saw these fingers starting to come off of that heart. And your heart began to pump and pump and pump again. So I just want to encourage you, man. Whatever's been holding on and gripping onto you, man, it is letting go. It is letting go. It's letting go. Yeah, so somebody pray for that guy right now. Yeah, so Lord, we just pray for Nelson, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that you are letting, that that thing that's been bothering him, that's been holding on to him, is letting go. And Lord, we just bless Nelson. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I got to tell you guys, so when Tracy, you know, was up here speaking to us uh, about Lindsay and I and, and our friendship and so we have literally walked through some of the, the, the hardest times together, both on their end, but a lot on my end. And um, we met like at this crucial point in, in our lives where I was like at kind of at rock bottom. I mean, I was, we met before then, but all of a sudden I was at like at rock bottom and it was one of those situations where I just needed some friends, you know, I just needed some friends and, you know, Tr Tracy and John, I mean, they, they just, they are love, you know, people that love, I mean, who can say that they've been loved by John and Tracy, right? So everybody, you know, pretty much in here raised their hands just because you're looking at me. I just want you to know that. <laughs> but, um, but it was like, it was like hard times, man. It was like, but Tracy, she had this call to build the house of prayer, right? And, and so I was going through such a hard time, but I just said yes to it too, because I needed something to do. Because I could have gone one direction or I could have gone the other direction. And so I just said yes to it. And so we just started on this journey to, to really together. And I can, I can remember, I mean... <laughs> There was, there would be, I would, we'd be in this prayer room at their house. There'd be like four of us, you know, literally four of us. And John, he would just be out. I mean, he'd be like sleeping, snoring. <laughs> and, and, and you'd, you'd wake him up. He's, it'd be like, oh man, he was in this deep intercession or something. <laughs> but I'm sorry to, I, you know, I got to take the attention off of me and put it on somebody else. But, um, but over time, that snoring became like just, I watched John. He was building the, his business. I mean, and it was tough. It was tough. He was, as he started to build his business, I just saw how the Lord faithfully intervened in their lives. I mean, you've heard the story of the pants, right? Sam's pants. I mean, who's heard that story? 
multiplying in the, the washer. I mean, but I saw faithfully how the Lord just began to execute, you know, his just plan in their lives. And it was just, it was just amazing to see. And so we just started walking together. We started, you know, just uh, doing this thing. And I remember uh, we, we had gotten to this place on Thursday nights where we were at like maximum capacity at their house. And the cops, you know, are starting to show up because like the, the, the neighbors are complaining. There's cars literally all the way down the street in the back streets in the parking lot across the street at the school. And it was just like, man, the Lord was up to something. Remember that, Cather? Yeah. And so, so this thing began to, 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 to really take off. And what was it that began to take off? It was this place that, w- that we were trying to cultivate with people of a place of prayer. See, the only thing that really connects you ever to God, I mean, there, there's experience. I mean, you can have an amazing experience. But the thing that's going to sustain you and keep you is a relationship with him. And I'm not talking about a relationship that is just um, a casual one. Right? Because we all casually know God. And there's, there, like, there's weeks that go by that we're in casual relationship with God. But then there's also times in life where you have a relationship with God that is just, it means life or death to you. And so we started to teach people about that life or death relationship with God, which is literally every day. You want to have a God, relationship with God that your life depends on it. And so we begin to create this, this cultivation of, of, of prayer in people in this prayer room. How many of you guys have been to the prayer room? Yeah. Okay. And we, we started creating this prayer room and it was in Tracy and John's house. I mean, Tracy, faithfully. I, w- I went to one 6 a.m. prayer meeting. That's it. How many, I mean, years did you do it? Right? Yeah, the, 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 yeah and Paula and Lindsay, my, my wife. Lindsay, stand up, Lindsay. This is my beautiful wife. Yeah, come on. John actually introduced us. Yeah, he actually introduced us. So, um, and she just stared at me like, what in the world? She literally did. She literally did. Um, in their house, in their living room. But uh, the, the house of prayer, the concept of a prayer room is a greenhouse. Right? When, when you put seeds into a greenhouse and you have a gardener there that's cultivating the, the plants that are in there and you have the right temperature and you have the right uh, atmosphere, what happens to those plants? They begin to grow and to flourish, and not just that, but they begin to flourish in a, in a way that's, that's not normal to what's going on outside that greenhouse. You can plant a tomato plant in a greenhouse and plant a tomato plant outside a greenhouse, and which one's going to be better? The one inside. And so that's what a prayer room does, and that's what the Lord does to our hearts. When we sit before him, we don't even have to talk to him, but we sit before him and we listen and we let these prophetic singers sing over us and, and help the Lord cultivate our hearts. All right? So we were, we were just going, I mean, fast, 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 fast. And the, the cops show up and they're like, no more. They put the sign on the door, evicted. And so at that same week, you know, we had a place, the place over on Alpha. And so we hurried up and we moved in over there. I think we were down for, what, a couple of weeks maybe? And then we went in there and it was like a shell. We went into that place and it was a shell. And the Lord, you know, when you move into something, you know, when the Lord begins to, to, to move 
people from place to place, um, it starts to not only expand the church, but it also starts to expand what's going on on the inside of you. Right? And so, good and bad, the Lord's going to, you know, deal with what's going on. And so, I just, um, you know, had kind of thought to myself, uh, I was the associate, you know, director of the Dallas House of Prayer, the House of Zerubbabel, and, and I thought to myself, man, I, I, I'm kind of made it, man. I'm, I'm in this, we get to see all these cool speakers come through. We get to pray for people, prophesy. I mean, we do some amazing prophetic ministry. And, and so, man, I just started to get into this place of, like, I kind of had arrived, right? And, I mean, every one of us have things in our life where, you know, the Lord has told us, hey, you know, like Tracy was saying earlier, you know, the Lord's said something to you about you, like, hey, you know, you're going to be this and this and, and such and such. You know, he said different, he had given different words to you guys. And so I thought I was at the pinnacle of that place, right? But it, I wasn't even, I, I was not there at all. And so it began to get to me, right? The things that were happening, the people that were coming in, they, it was just like a, it was just like a whirlwind of, of, of things that were going on, and I didn't feel in control anymore of what was happening. Because I have a need, just like we all do, come on, don't lie, I have a need to, to be able to control what's going on around us. And so that, and a, we had made a mark. We had begun to make a mark. I mean, in the heaven. Heaven was hearing from this little house of prayer. I mean, we're seeing some crazy things happening. And, and that combined with, you know, my, my pride, you know. Um, and when heaven is, when you're seeing things in heaven happen, there's also things that are demonically happening as well. And so all that combined, man, through this church. I'm not saying I'm, I'm the only reason that this, this thing happened. Through this church into a tailspin. I mean into a tailspin. And the church split. The storehouse split. People got offended and left and yelled and it was, it was sad. And I just wrote the meanest letter. It was the nicest, meanest letter I could ever write <laughs> to John and Tracy. And I just said, forget them, man. I'm out of here. Forget them. Who, who heard Tracy speak a couple of weeks ago? You know, who was, who was here? You know, um, I just decided that I was the better authority, you know, in my life. Who better to lead Rob Hatch than Rob Hatch himself. <laughs> because what you think, you think is right. Write that one down, that's pretty good. <laughs> what you think, you think is right. Okay? So I'm going someplace with all of this, okay? Um, so it wasn't until everything... I had just gotten married, Lindsay and I had just gotten married, and this was 2011, end of 2011, 
And everything just started just going crazy south. I mean, I had insomnia for four months. Um, I just, I, we just, I mean, I, I couldn't work. Um, I had to give away a part of my company, uh, or all of my company, and it was just like rock bottom. And I'm like, what's going on? And, and so we literally, for four years, three years, just were in a wilderness situation. And it was a snow day. You know what a snow day is, who are school teachers? It was a snow day for Lindsay. And um, I was kind of at my wit's end, and I sent out a text to my mother-in-law and to Lindsay and to my friend Jeremy. And I sent that text out, and I said, I don't know what to do. And I tell you, it wasn't 20 minutes later till my friend Jeremy is on my front door. And he says, you need to reconcile with John and Tracy. And you need to quit what you're doing right now. And God's going to open up the windows of heaven. So my friend Jeremy, his father's a prophet, speaks all over the world. And so we, we're casual, you know, friends. We don't prophesy and preach to each other, you know. So when he came and he said this to me, I had the fear of the Lord on me. And so I did it. And so I sent John an email right away, and uh, I <laughs> sent a note to my boss, hey, sorry, I'm not coming back. And, it, I mean, we were business partners. Um, and the next day, I got a phone call from another guy in, in, in Long Island that said he needed me to do some work for him, and immediately things shifted for us. Immediately things shifted. And then we met back up with John and Tracy. And it took, you know, it took several times, man, because I had hurt them. And, and you know, there's, there's give and take in every relationship, you know. And, but they knew that and I knew that. And so we had hurt each other, right? And so it took several times to get back into communion with them. And to a place where here I am, standing before you guys right now, in a place of trust, right? And the reason that I was able to do that and I'm able to be here tonight and to speak this is because A, I heard the word of the Lord. B, I never stopped loving John and Tracy and Lindsay and I never stopped loving them and were willing to go to them and repent. And lastly is we just needed what they had and we didn't realize how much we needed what they had and so those three things drove us to to just to repent and just to get back in in relationship and you know it's we've never missed a beat i mean it's, we've never missed a beat i mean my son and and samuel are best friends and they they're still best friends to this day um and and they've never missed a beat either and it's just really cool how the Lord has completely restored that. So I just wanted to, to tell you that. And I wanted to publicly say in front of John and Tracy that Lindsay and I, we submit to you as, you know, our spiritual parents. We submit to you. And uh, it takes, you know, a, a lot because we've been friends for so long when you have a relationship with people that is super casual, 
it's been a, like a thing that's in deep inside of me. It's been like, well, how do I submit to my best friends? You know, and that's why I can submit to you because you're my best friends and Lindsay and I's best friends. So we love you. Amen. Amen. All right. Cool. 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 <clears throat> so that's page one. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, hey, so I've been, I've been, um, for a long time, I have uh, been holding on to this word. A buddy of mine, Greg Garner, and I went to the Prayer and, Prayer and Prophetic Conference at IHOP in 2008. And he uh, and I, hey, there's my brother-in-law back there. I, I love that guy back there. Uh, went to a Prayer and Prophetic Conference in 2008. And the Lord, um, I was going through some stuff. Like we, you know, like we all always are, and I mentioned that earlier, but I was going through a really hard time, and, and Tracy sent us up to, uh, to IHOP in 2008 to this conference, and so it was the last night of the conference, and of course I didn't hear anything the whole time, you know, because I'm concentrating on all my problems and all my, my, you know, woe is me situation, and the Lord began to talk to me that last night, and he said, open up to Ezra chapter 10. And so I just, you know, said, Lord, you know, there's not even 10 chapters in Ezra. I don't, <laughs> uh, and so I just went back and forth, back and forth with him. And he said, open up to Ezra chapter 10. And so I opened up to Ezra chapter 10. It said, he said, Ezra 10, 10. And so I opened up to Ezra 10.10, and this is what it said. It says, Then Ezra, the priest, stood up and said to them, You have transgressed and have taken pagan wives and added to the guilt of Israel. So when, when you hear that from God, you're not, you don't know what to really do with that. <laughs> And, and so that's, that's what happened. And I sat there and I just read it. And I, so I was like, okay, Lord, I don't even know this book of Ezra. What is this book about? And so the, the book of Ezra is about the rebuilding of the temple. And so it's really about what we were doing. We were, you know, building the prayer room and building back the temple of God. And so as I began to read the, the book back and forth, the Lord shared with me a, a few things. See, I really the only thing I knew was that if, if I, at that point in time in my life, if I didn't say yes to God, it was just over for me. And so I just began to press into Ezra, the book of Ezra, for, for a season. And I actually preached about this at the House of Prayer, not too long after that, but thank you. Right? So, you know, the apex of, of Christian maturity is, is really summed up in Jesus. He said three things at the last moments around his life. And he said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. 
Okay? That's a pretty mature statement, right? The next thing he said is, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Right? That's a pretty mature Christian statement, wouldn't you say? Well, he wasn't a Christian, right? But that was where he had gotten to. And the third one is, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And after he said this, he breathed his last breath. So what happened was, is, is Jesus, he said, Father, if it's your will, you know, take these, this thing that I'm going through, take this thing that I'm, I'm about to step into, the thing that you're asking me to do, if it's your will, I'm going to do it. But please take it from me, because I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. That's Jesus, the human being. And, the, the, you know, he's fully God, but he's fully man. And he says, I don't want to do this. Please take this from me. But he then said, but if it's your will, I'm going to do it. Okay? And then he said, on the cross, hanging on the cross. That was in the garden where he said, you know, if it's your will, I'll do it. He's hanging on the cross. And he says, people are mocking him. And, and they're just tearing into him. And he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So, the last thing he says is, into my hands, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. So we're going to go back into Ezra, and I want you to think about those for while I'm seeking it. Then, then Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, you have transgressed and have taken pagan wives, adding to the guilt of Israel's. So the book of Ezra, it's a, it's a narrative. It's about the history you know, of the rebuilding of the second temple. So there's you know, key personalities in this book. Uh, Cyrus, who, who's heard of Cyrus before, right? Yay, Cyrus, right? Ezra, Haggai, Zechariah, Zerubbabel. You guys, who, who even heard about Zerubbabel until they came here? <laughs> who can spell Zerubbabel? Raise your hand, right? So... Ezra's purpose was to, you know, his, his purpose was to record the, the events, you know, of the rebuilding of the temple. And there was two different waves that came in. And so in chapters 1 through 6, it was the first wave that came in, the builders, right? It was the builders. And then in, in chapters 7 through 10, it was Ezra, and he brought in the servants of the temple, okay? And he brought the gifts into the temple. So... Who was in Ezra chapter seven, verse ten? And we're gonna we're about to read some scripture here in a second. But Ezra chapter ten, it says, "For Ezra had set apart his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it, and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel." That's who he was, right? What it, is it said about you? I mean, is it said, what's said about you in the books of heaven, right? It said, Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach it in his statutes. So I always believe that the uh, word of God has, needs a response to it. So as we start to read this, I, I want you to, uh, to think to yourself, how do I need to respond to it? Because it's not a pleasant thought, what we're about to go into, okay? I want you to know that I love you, right? I, I, I love this place. And the reason that I feel like I need to, to say this is because the Lord is, is about to do something really interesting in this place. 
and he's ready to, uh, to, to separate some things that needed to be separated. See, when the, the building of the temple was complete, then Ezra came in. Okay? It had been finished. And then Ezra came in, and he saw what was going on with the people that had been building the temple. Okay? So we're going to start in Ezra 9. Right, and, we're just, and, and I'm going to read, and I'm just going to make some comments as we go. But <clears throat> when these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the land. With the respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the Egyptians and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the people of the lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers has been foremost in this trespass. Hear that? The hand of the leaders and the rulers has been foremost in this trespass. So when I heard this thing, I tore my garment. This is Ezra. I tore my garment my robe and plucked out some of the hair from my head and beard and sat down astonished. See, what had just happened was, is, is ever, so every time that we've read the Bible, we've read in Deuteronomy and we've read that the Lord has a specific commandment and that is to not marry other country, into other cultures. See, he had set aside Israel so that it could be a a beacon of who he was in the earth. And all of these other surrounding communities of people were not him. They had pagan identity. They had pagan thoughts. They had different gods. And so he specifically told us not to marry into those, the men of those times, not to marry into these different communities. Okay? Stay away from them. And he knew this for a reason, right? And as a matter of fact, when he told uh, you know, Moses when they, were, when they were going and they were going to the, the land of milk and honey, they got there and you know, they sent out the scouts and, and they saw these, these other people, right? And, and some of them got afraid, but there was a couple that said, no, we can, we can get them. But he said, go in and destroy them. Why? Well, you know, you think about God, the, the kindest most gentle, loving entity ever. And he says, go destroy them. Because there was so much mixture of who he wasn't. Right? When you put white against black, there's a stark difference. Right? And so he says, in, in, in Ezra 9, it says, For they have taken some of their daughters as wives. This is verse 2 in, in chapter 9. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of the land. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and the rulers has been foremost in the trespass. So what did he do? I mean, he just, was a, he just ripped out his beard. Right? I, I just can't even imagine ripping out your hair and your beard. This is how frustrated and sad that Ezra was. Right? Are we going to get a holy conviction about the things that God says? And are we going to be astonished like Ezra was? I mean, that's a question, guys. We need to get astonished 
And we need to start plucking out our hair and our beard for what we're seeing out here and seeing in here. We need to start getting astonished and saying, Lord, seriously, what do we do? So what did Ezra do? He went to the carpet. He went to the mat. And he started to pray. And he said, he sat astonished until the evening sacrifice. And at the evening sacrifice, he arose from his fasting. And having torn his garment and his robe, not only did he tear out his beard and his hair, he he tore his robe. I mean, this is a sign of, of, you know, true regret and sadness before God. That's what that was. And said, oh, my God, I am too ashamed and, to, and humiliated to lift up my face to you. My God, for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has grown up to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been very guilty for our iniquities. We have. For our iniquities, our kings and our priests have been delivered into the hand of the kings of the land to the sword, to captivity, to plunder, and to humiliation, and this is the day. Okay, we're going to move on a little bit. On to uh, in chapter 10. See, one of the things that has just really, you know, been been kind of stirring in me for, you know, quite some time. And and this is all personal, right? You know, there, there are certain things that, you know, that we have in our hearts that we've married into, right? There's certain things in, in, in our culture that we've married into. There's certain ideas that we have that we've married into. And they're pagan ideas. I mean, let's look at like let's look at abortion, right? I heard somebody say the other day. I mean, a Christian person say the other day. Well, I guess a woman really does have a right to choose. And 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 see, it, it what struck me was is that they, she had married into that that this was okay. And you know, I hear things like that all the time. And I look at our culture and I look at, you know, Christians in this culture and I think to myself, Lord, we're just the same. We look exactly the same. There is no difference. You know, Billy Graham said the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. Because they've married, we've married pagan wives. Right. And so remember, I said, you know, the word of God needs a response. And so, you know, the things that that the Lord is having you deal with, those things that are always in the back saying, Lord, if I could just get rid of this, if I could just get free from this. You know, those things, those things that you've married into, but yet yet you're still not willing to. To let go of. So in chapter 10. Ezra the priest, 10.10, Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, You have transgressed and have taken pagan wives, adding to the guilt of Israel. Now therefore make confession to the Lord, God of your fathers, and do his will. This is what he says. Separate yourselves from the peoples of the land and from the pagan wives. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Okay, who's, who's married in here? I mean, we've got a lot of married couples in here. 
right? And so you guys love each other. I mean, I love my wife very much, right? And we've, we've gotten to know each other. We've been married for six years now. We've gotten to know each other over six years, right? And we have a oneness. That when, when, when two people are married, the two become what? Right. Two become one. That's why when people say, uh, you know, when people go through divorce, I, they say that's the hardest, you know, thing that ever happens to them. And they, they feel this physical pain. And I said, yeah, because you're flesh. You're not one in spirit. You're one in flesh. And flesh, when it's ripped apart, hurts. Okay? So here's what the Lord's saying to these people, to these men. You need to put away your pagan wives. You've married into cultures and you've married into ideas. You've married into philosophies. You've married into these things which I have commanded you not to. And you have been to defile and bring guilt upon the people of Israel, the children of Israel. And you are the people that are resurrecting my temple. This is why Ezra is astonished. Because he's like, you're building, my, you're building the temple of God and you're married to these pagan women? Listen, ladies, it's not, you know what I'm getting at, right? Okay, you know what I'm getting at. So there's things, guys, that we need to deal with as a community, as with, as with people, as just as people, individuals, that we need to start putting away some pagan thinking, some pagan ideas, some things that we have identified with for too long. And so the, (laughs) they hear this from Ezra. What do you think they're thinking? You're asking me, and, he, and it goes on in another sentence. It says, and, my, and their offspring, right? So some of these pagan intermarriages had kids. So he's saying, not just get rid of your wife, but get rid of your kids. Can you imagine if God came up to you right now, to me right now, and said, Rob, you need to, you need to ask Lindsay to go, and I don't want you to ever see your kids again. Because I have something better for you. Can you imagine if he said that to me? Or to you? That's what he said to, to these people. And that's what he's saying to all of us tonight. He's like, I have something so much better for you. I have something so much better. It's time to start separating. And listen, I love this place because I see holy people all over the place. And Lord knows I have junk and John has junk and Anne-Marie, she doesn't, but. <laughs> it's true, right? She doesn't. But what he's, he's getting at is it's like time to deal with it, guys. And let me tell you this. When, a, when building happens, you, you, you. You have to have plans for the building, right? And then you have to have the people to come in and build the building, right? And then before the building starts, you have to have an inspector. And after the building is, during, during the time that the building is being built, you have to have an inspector. And after the building is built, you have to have an inspector. We're at that physical stage right now at the storehouse where we're still waiting on that first permit just to begin some other major construction. 
So the same thing happens with the Lord as he's building things. And that's where Ezra came in. And the building was finished. So the inspector came. Right? And the inspector came and and he was astonished. He was saddened. He was disheartened. He was like so frustrated. But here's how the people responded. Let's go to 16. Verse 16 says, Then the descendants of the captive did so. And Ezra the priest, with certain heads of the father's households, were set apart by the father's households, each of them by name. And they sat down on the first day of the tenth month to examine the matter. For the first day of the month, excuse me, by the first day of the month, by the first day of the first of the month, they finished questioning all the men who had taken pagan wives. And among the sons of the priests who had taken pagan wives were following, were found the sons of, okay, I'm not going to read all those names, but they found them. (laughs) And what happened was these people repented. They repented. And they put away their pagan wives. No matter how much it hurt, no matter how much love there was for that thing that they were holding on to, no matter how much relationship was there between them and their spouse and their wives, no matter how much was there, no matter how much, you know, intercon- you know, what's the word I'm looking for, Matthew? There you go. No, ma- no matter how much of that was there, they separated themselves. Right? So, what are the things that you've intermarried with? I mean, what are those things? What are the things and the ideas that you know in your heart of hearts and in your gut and in your spirit, what are those things that you have intermarried You've crossed the boundary and married, right? What are the what are the pagan wives that you've taken, guys? Right? I said I loved you earlier, right? And, and, and I, I I'm not putting anything on you that the Lord hasn't asked me before. What ideas of the world have you married into? Right? What philosophies have you accepted as okay? What sin have you not put away? Right? What is that thing that you haven't put away? You know, if the wages of sin is death, then what offspring is it, you know, in your life? What, the, what is the offspring of that? So if you're married to some sin, what's going to be the offspring of that? Right? It's death. So, you remember the, that the apex like, of Christian maturity is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right? And we don't like to um, confess. It's like a, it's like a, 
a natural thing that we hate to do. We hate confession, right? We would rather, you know, there, there are whole religions dedicated to confessing to someone behind a screen so that you don't, they don't have to see you. And so, uh, Mallory Asa, could, could somebody come up and, and maybe play a little bit? Thank you, Mallory. So, he said, Jesus said, you know, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. So, what, what I'm, where I'm going at with this, right, is that he has given you a cross to, to lay those things on. You know, he's given us an opportunity to, um, to make clean the things that are dirty in our lives. He's given us the opportunity through the cross to live a victorious life. And he's given us an opportunity through the cross to put away pagan wives, to put away the pagan things. And so, you know, the whole reason I told that story earlier about John and Tracy and I, and the, and the reason that I wanted to honor them tonight is because I had an independent, such an independent spirit where my thought, my dad was a philosophy professor. Yeah, think about that. And so I had such an independent spirit. I had, I, I wanted to rule my own life. I wanted to not submit to wisdom, right? And, and doing that broke a relationship. Having that independent spirit and that, that spirit that said, I know best, I know best, broke a connection with people I love. And so the Lord came to me that day and he said, you need to repent with John and Tracy. You need to go to them. And so it's time to put away that pagan thinking about who I really was. You know, the ideas that I had in my hand, the pride that I had in my hand and in my heart. So Jesus, he, he made this way. He said, not my will be done, but your will be done. So what are those things that you want to hold on to? Because Jesus wanted to hold on to his life in the garden of Gethsemane. What are those things you want to hold on to that the Lord is saying, it's time to get rid of. It's time to put away those pagan things. It's time to get rid of them. What are those things to you guys? Right, we've all got them. We've all got them. And so Jesus cried out with a loud voice in Luke 23, 46. And he says, Father, into your hands I submit my spirit. So he completely gave himself over to God. And he said, yes, to the cross. And he said, into my hand, into your hands I commit my spirit. He put away every, everything of his desires, his will. Now, don't hear that the wrong way, but he put everything away. And it said, having said this, he breathed his last. There are some things in here that we need to take the last breath on tonight. 
there's some things in our hearts and our minds that we need to breathe our last breath. It's time for them to die. Because what comes after death is resurrection. Yeah, what comes after death is resurrection. See, Jesus, Jesus was dead. He was dead. And he went down into hell. He was dead. Have, who's been to a funeral with a dead person before? He was dead. Yeah. Back then it got pretty post-mortem pretty quick. It didn't smell good. He was dead. And he went down. His spirit went down into the ground. Jesus, his spirit went down into the ground and it began to take captivity captive. He began, Jesus began to take everything that the devil had stole from every single one of you with me, with every single one of our loved ones, with our families, with this entire planet, Jesus went down into the earth and took the key. And he took him up. He took him up. Now get this, this always blows my mind. Jesus was dead. And all of a sudden, the resurrection of God takes place. And the Spirit of God quickened Jesus' dead body and brought it back to life. The resurrection happened. Guys, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. What? So let's put some things to death and let's get resurrected again. Let's get resurrected anew. See, he took on sin in that moment. When he died on the cross, he took on that pagan sin. He took on those things that you were intermarried into. He took it on. And he died, and he died for our sin. He died for our sin. Dead. He wasn't just in a cocoon. Transforming into a butterfly. He died. Took captivity captive and resurrected he resurrected himself the spirit of God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and because that same spirit lives in you I'm telling you if you put away the pagan things and we nail them to the cross we put away those ideas resurrection is going to come for you The resurrection of the prophetic words that you've heard for your entire life, this is going to happen to you. You know, everything that's ever been told to you, you know, that you've been waiting on and waiting on and waiting on, well, put away the pagan wives.
Who's got some pagan wives that they need to put away? Right? Well, let's stand, let's stand up. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation. You guys, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. see for the next 10 years of your life, the next five, the next 30 days, what do you want to happen in your lives? <laughs> this is not a heavy message, guys. You know why? Because Jesus was resurrected. Because there's life at the end. There's life at the end. So, Father, we just, we, we love you. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will just come to us right now and just breathe on us. Lord, show us those things. Show us those pagan things that we have married into, those things that we've knitted into our hearts that need to be pulled out, God. Father, I just ask, Lord, that right now that you would just bring, Lord, just joy in the resurrection, joy of the resurrection, God. Lord, that you will just give us, Lord, just uh, the ability to, to turn, to repent and to turn and to fully follow after you and to leave those things behind, those pagan things, those even the offspring, God, the things that are just everything, God. We just ask that you just put them away. Put them away, God. We ask that you put them away. Lord, give us the ability to put things away. Give us the ability to say no more. Jesus, you're in us. You're in us. You're in us. Holy Spirit, you're in us. So, Jesus, give us grace and mercy, Lord, to extend those things to us, Jesus, so that we can just be whole. We don't want to be half of anything. We want to be whole, God. Yeah. So I, I just want to ask you guys to respond. And I want, I want, I want to ask you to, if... if if you have things in, in your life, and listen, I'm not talking about you don't have to have some, I know, deep, crazy sin, but you might have something that the Lord's just been dealing with, like just something between you and Him that's not even a big deal to the rest of us, but it's a big deal between you and God. And He's saying, put it away. So I want to I invite everybody up here and, and respond to to the things that 
that he's asking of you tonight. That I want you to, if you have something that you are ready to lay down, an idea, a thought, something that you're ready to lay down and put away, just come on up. just remember that there's no veil anymore. That there's no veil anymore. It's now standing right here. It's you and God. And He's smiling over you. He is smiling over you and He's saying, I love you. And I'm asking you to give this to me so that I can resurrect the things that I have for you. Give it to me and I will resurrect those things. Give it to me so that I can give you life in those areas that you feel like you're dying in. take these things, Lord, that we've been holding on to. Lord, these things that, that we've just cultivated in our heart, these ideas, these mindsets, these things, God, that have just, that are foreign to you, that are not even of you, God. The things that we've marked as Christian but aren't. The things that we've marked as yours but aren't, God, they're so far away from them. And Father, we just repent and we turn right now, God. We turn to you and say, Lord, show us your glory. Show us your marvelous lights. God, show us those areas. Highlight those things in us, Lord, by your light. 
God, we repent, we turn, God, we turn from those things, Lord, that are devastating our lives. The things that are not allowing us to live the full life. The things that are not allowing us to live in the hope of your calling, God. The things that are not allowing us to be who we have completely been destined by you to be, God. Lord, help us to put those away. Lord, give us right now, Lord, this the ability to turn and to walk in your direction, God. Lord, give us the ability to walk towards you and away from those things. Lord, give us the ability to walk into your arms, Lord, so that we can sit on your lap, that we can come into your presence, God, and hide in that place, God, under the shadow of your wing, God. Lord, give that to us tonight. Lord, we repent. We say we're sorry, God. We're sorry that we've married the pagan wives, God. We're sorry that we've intermarried things, God, that that are just other than you. Lord, our desire is to be a holy people that can stand before you blameless, God. And through Jesus, we're able to do that, Lord. But there's more. There's more, Lord, there's that requirement that you're placing on us to give us, Lord, to give us what you've destined for us. We bless you.